welcome to another Dad You podcast. Uh, dads, we're glad you're joining us. My name is Chris Sherrod, and uh, we always, as always, just pray that this is a, a little bit of equipping, a little bit of encouragement for you guys. And we always just kind of go back to Deuteronomy 6, uh, where it talks about loving God with all your everything, His Word being on your heart, and then impressing that on your kids, literally teaching them diligently or sharpening your kids with that. And so we've condensed that down to love God, live His Word, and lead your family. So we pray that that is something that you're making your goal and little fumbling and stumbling, you know, through life. Like that's one of the the things that I'm learning is it does not have to be perfect and it is really messy a lot of times. But I'm excited today. We have a guest with us, Mr. Brian Goins. All right. Welcome. Oh, it's good to be here, Chris. Glad to have you here. I know. It's kind of throwback going back to your Pine Cove days. I know. So we, I, I don't remember what year we first met. It would have been 2013. Okay. Yeah. It was your first time? Yeah. That was my Speaking first time bluffs. to Bluffs. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us about your... Family, tell us sure. about your ministry, and then we'll we'll talk more about our topic. Well, the best decision in my life outside of following Jesus was marrying Jen, mm-hmm. Jen Straight Goins. And we've been married now 27 years, which I cannot believe. Just celebrated 27 years okay. of, Congrats. of marriage. And we have three kids, 23-year-old Brantley, that's our daughter. And then we've got a 20-year-old Palmer who's going to Grand Canyon University. And then we've got a 15-year-old. So still have a teenager in the house. Hey. Pray for us. <laughs> yeah. We need it. <sighs> With his permit, does he have his permit yet? Uh, yes, he does. Okay. He just got it. Good. <clears throat> so he's driving a lot. We definitely need the prayers. I'm trying to teach him stick. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did that with Palmer. Okay. And now with him. That um, is something I always said I was going to do with all my kids and just, I feel bad. Because I, yeah. I grew up doing a stick. Yeah. And then we just never had a car that did that anymore. Well, funny enough, what I found was is that you could actually, not now, because used car prices are just astronomical. Oh, uh, yeah. But with when Palmer was was younger, Mustangs were not that bad. Okay. And so you could find a good used Mustang with low miles. I found one in Wyoming with like 50,000 miles on it, and he's still driving it. And, um, okay. and so if you're going to teach somebody a stick, yeah. give them a fun car. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's okay. my advice. So we got another Mustang that I drive. It's actually a convertible because we live in Florida now. Okay. But Gibson is starting to learn on that. That's so, so fun. Yeah, that's fun. Good stuff. Okay. And your job? Yeah, I work for Family Life. Okay. Uh, so, been in ministry around for 40 years, doing the weekends. Remember, if people know that, mm-hmm. great thing to do. With It's just always good to get away once a year yep. with your spouse. And Jen and I do it because we teach them, but every time we're there, we're listening to the other speakers, and uh, we just revamp the whole thing. So, okay. it's all kind of a new feel and look and just walks through a great narrative now of, of what's got purpose for marriage. And uh, so, we lead those as a three-day adventures at hotels around the country, and we also do kind of unique, cool content projects. Yeah. Help people think about marriage differently or parenting or whatever and host a podcast called Married with Benefits. And I love that. Need to get you on that. Sometime. Yeah. That's such a great name. I think what most intrigued me, I don't remember how many years ago you started doing stuff with Fight the New Drug mm-hmm. and even made some videos and stuff. Tell me, tell us a little yeah. bit more about that. So. You know, I remember reading um, a ton of stuff uh, on porn that was not coming from believers. It was coming from neuroscientists, leading academicians. And I was like, wow, they're they're saying more things about porn than our church leaders Mm -hmm. are, than our our best thinkers are. And they're not talking about is it right or wrong. They're talking about is it worth it. And kind of like the whole John Piper Christian hedonism thing, we Mm -hmm. will always act out of our own selfish interest, you know, even as believers. And so... What if we could create something that would help kids not not come at them with porn with is it right or wrong, but is it worth it? Mm-hmm. What are the 
what are the what are the things that are, that are stealing from you as a person that that porn's stealing from you? What's going to set you up for failure? Much like we do with smoking. Mm-hmm. You know? So I found that there was one nonprofit out there called Fight the New Drug that was actually giving more of a pe- public health message about porn. They were going into public schools and they were doing great seminars. Yeah. Um, I was like, how many how many seminars do you guys do? And they're like, we've been to about you know like a thousand schools. Oh my goodness! Which was that was amazing. Yeah. You know. There are 27,000 public schools alone okay. in America, not to mention Christian schools, private schools, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you had <clears throat> 10 fight the new drugs. Right. You're not going to scale. Yeah. And so I said, have you ever thought about doing a documentary that could go to every every school? They said, we would love to. We just don't have the money. So that's when I became an executive producer, Chris. I'd never know what an executive producer <laughs> was, but an executive producer raises the money and puts kind of the team together. Okay. And so we started putting the team together to create a docu-series on um, – how porn affects the brain, yep. how it affects the heart, our relationships, and how it affects the world. But it's from a non-Christian perspective, so you're not going to hear the gospel in there. Okay. But it's, I mean, it, it backs up everything we say yeah. in scriptures. Science <clears throat> always catches up to truth. Yep. So it's a great thing to show in youth groups or in schools and then come back. Or as a parent, you can stream it online for free. It's at brainheartworld.com. You can watch it free as a parent, have a discussion with your kids. Mm-hmm. And it gives your kids a reason not to look at it. Yep. Yeah. I think what I love about it is the testimonials, like mm-hmm. of real kids, and then just the fun little in- animations or humor that you get kind of thrown in there as you're going that yep. make it more, it's not just a documentary. Like right. we're just sitting there for, you know, whatever, watching that. So I'm, I've am i loved watching those. Oh, good. I it's hope I, it's been neat to see how God's used it all around the world. Like it's been translated. And so that's that's kind of neat. Never imagined that would happen. So it's yeah. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a treat. And I think it's, I've had a lot of dads that have come to me that have said, not only was this helpful for me to show to my kids, but it changed my whole perspective about pornography. Yeah. Yep. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning we had you at Dad You. That was so fun. You uh, do such a great job with that. Oh, Just to great. see all those dads sitting around talking. So encouraging. Yeah. It was great. Um, our theme has been walking wisely. We were talking about how a man who fears the Lord, just how that affects um, everything else that you do was our goal there. And a huge topic, unfortunately, that a lot of churches don't talk about is just either sexual temptation or failure or, or porn. Yeah. And what I loved is you highlighting the verse in James about confessing your sins to one another, not confessing your struggles, right. your temptations, your weaknesses, yeah. but like actually your sins. Yeah. Because I think that's where that what takes accountability to the next level is that, where it's not... Because everyone can go, like, oh, me too, yep. or I struggle. Yeah, yep. pray for me. Yep. And it's kind of this vague, like, oh, and you can you can kind of dance around it. Mm-hmm. But then when you start saying, like, hey, listen, this morning at the gym, I lusted, like specific stuff like that. Yeah. Because the verse goes on and says that you may be healed, and exactly. I just think there's freedom in that. You're obviously forgiven from the Lord, but there's something about confessing and bringing it into the light there with a the group that um, just changes everything. So it really does. I love that you did that, and. Obviously, even the funny thing you said this morning, like we're just jumping in at 6.30 in the morning talking about porn, which you usually <laughs> talk about. But again, it's one of those things that I, when I was a youth pastor, the first time I, I had just a guys-only meeting where we talked about porn, the guys felt so much freedom and wanted to linger and talk more right? because they weren't getting this at home. Mm-hmm. Like no one was talking about this. You'd have like the one-and-done sex talk of here's how babies are made, maybe. Maybe. Um for me, going into the adolescence years, I came home one day and on my bed was a James Dobson book on Ready for Adolescence, whatever it's called. Right. And that was 
That was it. <laughs> All I got on adolescence. Not even a note like, hey, we want you to read this. <laughs> it was like, okay. But, and then I felt awkward. I never did you asked. Read it? I don't even know if I did. <laughs> but I never asked like, hey, mom, who put the book in my bed? Like, I just kind of went on. It just appeared. Yeah. And then same thing where I just didn't feel like, like I knew how babies were made. But yeah. it's when it came to these new urges, my struggle was in seventh grade, my next door neighbors asked me to babysit for them. Mm-hmm. And so I put the kids to bed and they got cable, which I didn't have. And I'm flipping around and then they had the Playboy channel. Oh, man. And so here I am, the seventh grader. Nobody's around. Yeah. Like literally no one's coming home for a long time and never been tempted like this before, but didn't know where to go with it. Like yeah. I didn't know what to tell my dad because I felt, well, I get in trouble. He's never talked about it. So maybe he doesn't relate or doesn't struggle but then there's the part of me that really wanted to, you know, all those things. And so how you wrestle with it as a as a Christian man, but then how you help your kids navigate that. Because, yeah. like, our technology is not going away. Our no. iPhones aren't going away. No. And I think that's where so many parents are like, I don't know. It's awkward, but I don't know how to do this. But I'm hoping the youth pastor does or something. Right. Maybe I can leave a book on their bed. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> the, battlefield has, the battlefield has changed. Yeah. And it's become more lethal, like we talked about this morning. And I think it puts us in a great position now more than ever mm-hmm. to be able to to talk to our kids and enter in that. And it is super awkward. Like we were just talking about kind of some of our sex talk fails and right. we've all had them and you will have them. And that's the thing. It's not one conversation. That's what I like about Axis Ministries, Axis.org, A-X-I-S. Mm-hmm. They're all about it's one long conversation, yep. you know, and it doesn't stop. Now that my son's a 20-year-old, you right. know, we have at least a history and a pattern to where I remember last year um, he was getting into his sophomore year and he called me. Uh, I was sitting down with a buddy and he called me and he said, hey, dad, I, I just want to let you know that I I went too far with my girlfriend today. Mm. And I'm, I'm like, I was obviously hurting for him. Yeah. But then at the same time, in fact, the other dad was was sitting there and he heard the, he heard about the conversation. He's like, I can't believe your son just talk to you like that. Wow. Yep. And I wouldn't have done that as a 20 year old. Nope. Because my dad didn't have that re- kind of relationship with me. Yeah. And so to be able to build that relational equity, you're going to have to go through a ton of awkward and <laughs> terrible moments. Yeah. But it's like, keep pushing through. And I'm, I'm so bad. I hate conflict. I don't like, uh, right. I like to move away. Whenever I feel awkwardness, I like to find a room with a TV and chips. I mean, that's my, <laughs> that's my MO with my wife and it's my MO with my kids. And then you add the whole sex sexuality on it. It's it's a hard deal. Right. And then you add also, if I'm going to be vulnerable, should yeah. I be vulnerable? How much should I tell my kids? Right. I think what I've learned for me with my kids early on, I'm I'm part of what's making it awkward. Like I feel awkward. They might not feel as awkward as I do. Right. And so if I'm not careful, it's me making the whole thing exactly. awkward. Like, um, <clears throat> so, well, uh, <laughs> I got someone on the talk, and I'm the one who's making it you right. know, feel like that, but you doesn't have to. Yeah. But I remember deliberately deciding I am going to talk to my kids, you know, early and often about this, where I can be real before they go into camp, reminding them like, hey, they're in the pool, guarding your eyes, or sharing like, here's my struggle. But even when I was recruiting for Pine Cove, I remember texting my sons while I was at a college campus at a booth, you know, waiting, and I was mm-hmm. like, hey guys, I'm standing here all day long, and college girl is like fall. Yeah. And um, college girls are walking by all day long with short shorts or yoga pants. And I just need you to pray for me. Yeah. And again, just in one sense, like really saying, I, I really want your, your prayer for me in this battle. But also inside just going, I am so glad that I can talk to my sons about this because I just never felt like that, yeah. you know, within my own. Like, well, I think your vulnerability is what, is what opens that door up. Yeah. 
And they are, they don't even know how to handle it, I think, at first. Mm-hmm. Like, I know when I was talking to my, my son Palmer and we were walking through the, the kind of the big talk, I took him on a trip to Colorado and mm-hmm. it was like this great epic adventure and we were having fun. And so then I'm playing these CDs. It was from Passport to Pure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Know, Family Life uh, tool, which is, which at the time was a good tool. It's definitely geared more for younger kids and probably needs a revamp because it's, it's, it was done in the 90s. So, yep. you know, it, it, it needs some work. But it at least gave me the tools to talk to my son about that. And I just thought I was sharing my story. And I remember asking him, so, you know, son, do you, do you think that, you know, we'll be able to talk about porn when you get tempted or when you see it? And he's like, he just shook his head. Because <laughs> he just didn't want to. He's like, I don't think so. Because he doesn't know how to handle that. But now, you know, five, six years later, mm-hmm. we've had this history where he's going, okay, it's my dad's a safe place. Because I do exactly what you do. I, I'll call him up and go, hey, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm dealing yeah. with this. That yep. it's not a, don't let our kid. we can't let our kids see us as like this. They tend to see us far better than we really are. Mm-hmm. Like, and we have grown in sanctification. They need to see us when we weren't as sanctified. Yeah, yeah. Or or when we are feeling that struggle and confessing those thoughts. So that's yep. good. I always think of, so G.K. Chesterton, one of his favorite quotes that I quote all the time, the dad says, if a thing's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. Yes. And I remember when I first heard that, I was like, don't you mean like with excellence right. or like right? But his point is, if something is that important, even if you fumble and stumble through it, mm-hmm. you did it. And I think this is one of those topics where a lot of dads feel like, man, I've got to I've got to either A, not feel awkward, which if you're waiting around for that to happen, you're not going to yeah. talk, but also for it to go perfectly. But if you're setting the stage of this is one of many talks mm-hmm. and this is just kind of who we are and it's a normal thing, it's not as, um, you know, it's not as daunting, but it's important that you do it. Yeah. Because again, when I was a youth pastor, I felt like so many um, parents were hoping and expecting me to be the one giving those talks. Yeah, that's why they're outsourcing um, you. Right. You're the expert. Right. You're the consultant that I'm paying to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have an awkward sex talk example? Well, well, I mean, I've had many. Uh, I mean, the one about Palmer just not wanting to, like, you could tell he just was not wanting to do this. Jen had one with Brantley um, where she went through the passport to purity stuff, and she remembers Brantley. They were sitting on a bed. They had gone to a concert, and— and it had been real fun, but now they're talking about this stuff, and it was kind of late, and Jen realized my timing was wrong because it was late, and Brantley it wasn't like a night owl. Right, right. And then that it was just so much information at once that she was giving her that Brantley was curled up on the bed and just screaming, not screaming, but basically, Mom, I'm too young for this. I'm too young for this, and pulling the covers over her head. And uh-huh. So I think we're going to have those moments, yep. but it's like I want to get to my kids before, because porn's going to find our kids. Yeah. It just, it's going to happen. Yeah. And so if we, if we don't allow that, that opening, like you said, it's like you felt shame. I felt shame when I first saw porn. I didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I don't want my kids um, to be, to think that I'm shocked right. by what they're discovering. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's just accidental. It wasn't intentional. And, and to be able to say to them in those moments, the reason why you're even drawn to it is because it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a good thing going the wrong way. Yeah. So how do we redirect them? And I think that's, it's like I did a, a series on Right Now Media about preparing your, your kids for the porn talk okay. or preparing, preparing parents for the porn talk to talk to their kids because I just didn't have anything like that as a parent. Right. How do I, how do, I do that? What do I even do? And the first thing is just to prepare your posture. Um, there, was a, there was a mom who uh, they went, she went shopping with her kids or with, with her son who's like five or six years old, and they went to go out and get shoes, and they couldn't find the shoe that, it was right size. And so she goes, well, just look online and we'll order it. Just find the shoe. 
And so he goes online on the iPad and says, Mom, and like five seconds later, Mom, I'm, I'm not finding the shoe here. And she saw the iPad and she chucked it up against the wall. Okay. And because the store they went to was <clears throat> Dick's. Oh, no. <laughs> and he typed that in? And he typed that oh, in. no. So you can imagine. So two things happened in that moment. One, body parts are bad. Right. You know? Yeah. That's what mom is communicating. Mm-hmm. And two, like, I don't, can mom handle these mm-hmm. kind of discussions? Now, I know why mom did that. Right. I totally, I would probably have done the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's like in that moment, we got to practice our non-shocked phase. Mm-hmm. Our kids are going to find stuff. They're going to see things that we never probably, even some of the stuff that we wouldn't see, because what's online right now is even 20 years ago in the porn industry, it was called gonzo porn. Hmm. They would have porn conventions, which I hope you've never been to. Nope. I've never been asked to speak at these things. Okay, good. But, like, gonzo porn was, like, the most extreme, like, even by porn standards they thought was, like, degradation. Uh They were always on the fringe. Okay. Now, like, at porn conventions, I'm told, this is, like, mainstream. Yeah. And so what's being seen by kids today is uh, it's – I mean, it's all terrible. But it's just getting – because the porn industry knows you've got to get – you're addicted to variety, and so they know they got to get more weirder stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yep. so if we if we don't prepare our posture and just say, "Hey, we understand what the world we're living in," and so kids, let's have a talk about this. Yeah, I'm not surprised you came across this. Hey, you're gonna come across this. Yeah, you know, and and then to come in and say, "I got to prepare my posture," and then I think what most parents don't do enough good job of, and I know that I'm trying to do a better job of this, is just prepare my story. Mm-hmm. You know, what's like your seventh grade story? You're telling that to your kids. Right, right. Right? Man, we all have sexual brokenness in our past. So yep. how do I figure out how to tell my story at age-appropriate ways? Yeah. And, you know, discovering body parts. And then when did I first see, you know, a naked body? And what, you know, what does God think about that? But it's like, how do I weave my own sexual brokenness story into this? Mm-hmm. Where am I feeling it even now? Like for you to tell that story to your kids about being at the college campus and go, I'm dealing with this. Yeah. Yep. Huge. And I think that's where... With anything I shared with my kids as they were growing, at least with my older ones, there's this fear of if I tell them my mistakes, they're going to justify, they're going to think, well, I can do this because my dad did this. You yeah. know what I mean? I think that's the lie that we tell, that Satan wants us to believe and we tell ourselves. And that yeah. is, uh, which part of it's, I think, my pride of having to admit that I've made mistakes, but then that fear of... Um, they're going to justify it or this, you know, in their brain or yeah. whatever, which I think is just so false. It's going right. to make them more feel like I can relate to that. They can't relate to perfection. Right. And I think that's the problem that if we're not talking to them about struggles, past, present um, stuff, then they're just going to feel like, well, you, you can't relate yeah. to what I'm dealing with or you wouldn't even know. Or You're not, you're not accessible to me. Right. How can I trust that you understand what I'm going through? Right. And what I love about the Bible is that it doesn't hide sexual brokenness stories. Like the Genesis 39 about Joseph yeah. is butted up right against Genesis 38 about Judah uh-huh. and about Tamar. Right. And um, so it's like you have these two stories and the Messiah comes from Tamar, not Joseph. Exactly. Yeah. And so the line extends. So, so it's like all of our stories can be redeemed. Yeah. And, the, and, and God is not, you know, let's, let's put our skeletons in the closet. He's right. like, no. I know, I know you're gonna you're gonna go through and trip up and and um, and sin is gonna devastate a lot of you, mm-hmm. but your story um, can be shared in the light of redemption. Yeah, and so yeah. Let, let's share those stories. And that's where I love even just the genealogies in Matthew, where it's mm. like Rahab's in there, there's yes. sexual sin, Tamar's in there, 
Um, obviously, David messed up. David's in there. So right. it's like, yeah, this is just part of this broken world we live in. Right. Now, you got to be careful how you share that. You don't want to be right. like, man, yeah, when I was your age, I was doing <laughs> this and this and right. went to the brothel. And like, no, I'm not yeah. glorifying in it. Yep. It's like, no, ha- how how did it how did it break you how did it how did it hurt you how has it hurt your marriage even you know it has consequences there's a reason why paul says flee sexual morality not that it's it's any worse there's not misdemeanors and felonies in sin uh-huh. but it does have carry consequences yeah. that i wish i hadn't seen there's stuff i wish i hadn't seen and done when i was dating that i know affected my marriage yeah. so yeah got to talk about it okay so you said prepare your Posture. Prepare your posture. Prepare your story. Prepare your story. And then prepare your um, mind. Okay. You know, information shouldn't be our problem when it comes to the reasons why porn is is hurting our kids yeah. and, and hurting ourselves. You know, you can look and see, you know, how does this affect my brain? How does this, how is it just as addictive as heroin and, 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 um, and cocaine? Will you remind me real quick because it's the endorphins? Yeah. It's the dopamine release. Dopamine. Okay, so in nice. the reward center, the reward center of our brain, the frontal part of our brain is one of the most powerful engines in our brain. And when we do things, good things, mm-hmm. like running, well, well, I've never had a runner's high, but maybe you have. <laughs> racquetball. We were so talking about racquetball. You yeah, you're playing racquetball and you get a great sweat on and afterwards you feel better. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's dopamine that's getting released. When you eat great food, a great meal, dopamine is getting released. And it's like your body says, do that again, do that stuff again. Uh-huh. What heroin and cocaine do is they release so much dopamine that your body has this unnatural attachment to it that says, now I want more of that Mm -hmm. and I want more. And then I get to the point where I'm willing to know, even though it's hurting me, I still want that feeling more and more and more. It's what's called flooding. Okay. um, The frontal cortex of your brain, the reward center of your brain. And so porn does the same thing. It floods it with unnatural amounts of dopamine okay. to where, and then when you combine that with masturbation, you attach yourself and you start, you start training your brain that this is how sex should be experienced. Uh-huh. This is how love between two people should be experienced. Yep. And if you're not careful, not, most people don't get addicted to porn. Uh, that's a clinical definition. But a lot of people get to the place where that's their only training with sexuality mm-hmm. to where it becomes harder later to actually bond with another human being or I need to have porn in order to get aroused or yep. whatever it might be. Because I think you mentioned this morning because that bonds you, that experience of orgasm at that moment bonds mm-hmm. you with whatever the object is in front yeah. of you. And so that's part of the, again, right. the design by God to right. bond you to another person yes. even stronger is now being twisted to bond you with something else. It's a which which fake. What I love, yeah, it's a fake bonding. And why I love what you're do, doing about helping to walk in wisdom, like the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 especially. Mm-hmm. That's why Solomon is sitting there. And again, I think it's, I hope it's at the end of his life or else he just really went off the rails right. and bonded with all kinds of women. Uh-huh. I mean, he, 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 uh, he definitely was addicted to variety. But when he says be intoxicated with the the wife of your youth. Mm-hmm. I like how he uses that word intoxicated. There is that sense of it should be that kind of pleasure. Yeah. And obviously that doesn't happen just with sex because we're not just designed for that. We're designed for intimacy. Mm-hmm. As I've always said, it's like, well, if it's just about sex, what are you going to do the other 23 hours and 45 minutes of the day? Right? <laughs> right. And that's being generous to, right, to a right. lot of us, right? So it's like, I've got to build actually intimacy. I'm made for intimacy, not for just orgasm. Mm-hmm. And that takes romance that takes being a partner with somebody that takes how am i serving them it takes it takes growing together towards christ there's all of those things that come into play and then sex becomes then the the cherry on top it's the expression not the essence of a of a marriage yep that's so, so good and i think what happens is if we're not careful even the distinction you just made there about it's about in- intimacy not orgasm because 
if that's what it's all about, then of course, or porn and masturbation win every time. Because yeah. if it's just that, then whoever, whether it's my wife or the screen, can help me reach that goal, then that's what it's all about, right. which ends up you're using everything else for your selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think even how we train kids that this is a beautiful thing and it's not, that, that is a way that God has made it where you bond even together there, but it's about intimacy. Right. And I think it's easy, especially for guys to compartmentalize, like there's the sex part of my marriage, there's the other part of my verses. Like, now that's all related to the intimacy part and and having a healthy, good sex life is more the, what is it? It's the thermometer that tells you, right. not the thermostat. Exactly. That's, and I, I think that's the other thing about, you know, just even preparing your mind, understanding, you know, what's going on here. I, I mean, I could talk about it from a scientific level, from a biblical level, but I think even just as a, just as a man, from man to man, man to kids, uh-huh. it's like there's something in us, especially when I'm talking to my boys as men, that when we do something great, mm-hmm. we want other people to notice. Okay. Whether it's our yeah. kids build something, they score a goal in soccer, what's their first response? They want to show it off. Yeah. If they, you know, if they're a linebacker in football, they hit the guy into next week. You turn around, did anybody see me? Yeah. You yeah. get to a top of a mountain, you like to hike, and it's mm-hmm. like there's something like, let's get the picture. Yep. There was never a time after I jacked off to porn where I ran outside and said, <laughs> look what I just did. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's true. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. and I think it's because we know intuitively. Right. I'm made for more. Yeah. I'm not made for a solo act. Yeah. And and so something inside of me dies yep. when I keep making that a practice in my life. Now, I think especially with young young boys, um, we don't want to heap so much shame. Like, it's just like, that's that's so bad. Yeah. Masturbation is so bad. It's like, there's there's a part of discovery that is going to be natural mm-hmm. that, that you end. And so it's like, okay, well, let me, let me tell you, where is that supposed to be practiced? Yeah. Where is that supposed to be done? Now let's start shepherding you towards that. Yeah. And knowing that it's going to be a difficult journey. It's yeah. not easy, right? And that might even be more awkward than talking about porn. It is. To your sons. Absolutely. Or, to anyone, because it's just like, the porn one is more like everyone can re- relate and know, but then all of a sudden you're talking even more. Yeah. And I would say, you know, we tend to talk about this in terms of guys more and more, you know, one in one in three users of porn now are, are women mm-hmm. and more and more girls. I was talking to a dad recently and he said, yeah, I was looking at my Amazon account and I started seeing all these book titles that were, were getting downloaded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had daughters. And so he's, he's talking to his wife. He's like, has this happened? Did somebody hack our account? And... So he looked, he, he talked to his daughter and, and he said, hey, I'm seeing all these books. These aren't coming to your Kindle, are they? And she, her eyes just dropped. Mm. And she had just found a book, a title that just intrigued her mm-hmm. and ended up being erotica. Yep. And, and this is like, you know, he would have said, this is the perfect daughter. This is my perfect daughter. She goes to church. She loves youth group. She runs. She, you know, she yep. does all the things. Yep. But because it's such a powerful engine, we'll be tempted to, to do it in uh, in wrong ways. Yeah. And the enemy, all he wants to do is to get us broken, yep. you know, to get us uh, apart from our God and from an eventual another human being yep. to increase that distance. And porn does that in terrible ways. Yep. So okay. prepare, your, prepare your, your posture, prepare your story, prepare your mind, mind, and then just prepare your will. And we've been talking about it. It's going to take some cojones, let's uh, just say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to move into these conversations. <clears throat> right. And to go, don't give up. Like, and if the first one's a fail, like ours have been, keep moving, mm-hmm. keep engaging, because you want that end result of 
you being able to have that relationship with your kids where they know you're a safe place. Yep. And that's going to require you moving through a lot of awkwardness mm-hmm. and, um, and keep doing it. And then when you catch your kids, have the, have the consistency of, of the will of, okay, well, things need to change. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not shocked by you looking at porn. Right. But porn has serious consequences. Right. So have the will to say, okay, your phone goes to a dumb phone. Or mm-hmm. you have to look at the internet um, in, a, in a computer that's set out in front of, uh, on a table, or that, that everybody can have access to. Yeah. Whatever it might be. And we've had to do that. We've had to, we've had to pull privileges, and we've had to realize, you know, your phone's not a right. It's a, it's a responsibility. Yeah. So have the will to be consistent with your consequences. Okay. What, what do you think, what would you recommend at the top? filters for phones that parents should know about or that i've really liked bark i don't know if you've used that i've one. heard of it okay. uh, bark has, has been one that that sends a great text message every time and, and you can set filters for whether it's violence whether it's language whether it's um sex you know any kind of sexual stuff okay um it's easy to use it's not that expensive that covenant eyes has a good one as well it it um it has good accountability but i've just found bark to be my okay. favorite yeah we used Custodio. Okay. But have you seen it? It's Mm-mm. spelled uh, Q U. Oh, goodness. Now, Q U O S. It sounds like custodian, but it's custodio. Q-U. Okay. You have to look it up. But I loved that the parents can look and decide, you know, mm-hmm. I want to block these things or, or, you know, not have give them access to this. Or it gives you like a report. Yeah. You need to do every day, every week that shows right. kind of just. Which is just healthy stuff. Like I started using screen time in general. Yep. And screen time so is so convicting. Great. Yeah, screen time will help. But I was just so convicted in general. Like, oh my goodness, how much time was I on my phone? Because yeah. if you add it all up, it was just a lot. It's and a so lot. last week I was at a camp in California mm-hmm. on Catalina Island. Yeah. And rough for you. Had, I know it was really tough. But had no uh, internet. Like had no you know Wi-Fi. Yeah. Things like that. And we even saw this at Pine Cove where. You get used to that and you start going, I actually like this. Like not having to feel the burden yes. or the free, you know, having the freedom to just not yeah. have to check my phone or to, to be always on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a whole new. That's uh, a whole nother podcast you could do just about screen Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Because it's not just about pornography. There's actually dopamine getting released. This is a dopamine factory mm-hmm. with our phones. Yep. And for not just them, it's for us. And if, if we're, whether it's video games, whether it's phones, whether it's pornography, as parents, we got to have the will to actually move into that conversation. I tell you, it's exhausting. Yeah. I hate being the guy going, oh, no, it's time to get off the games. Mm-hmm. I hate being that guy. Right, right. And so how do we help our kids be more digitally responsible and accountable? Yeah. And I even think back when we were kids, uh, how I, I would have been dead meat today. Oh, like, gosh. Uh, having all of this available stuff, like the games that we had were nothing. Yeah. Um, Atari. Atari and television. Yeah, like those things. But to have it with you all the time. All the time, nonstop. And so how do we create screen Sabbaths as a family? You know, where you, you know, dinner tables, you know, you don't have them. There's, I know parents have lock boxes where Mm -hmm. they they check them in at a certain time of day. We try to do Sundays where it's just a Sabbath. Yeah. You know, of of screens. So anyway. There's actually, I read um, resorts now called Black Hole Resorts. Have you oh, seen really? These? No. Where people purposely go there because they don't have any internet or, so or technology. Like that's even the world going, I need yeah. I need a break and I got to escape somehow. And so they're advertising these mm-hmm. as, hey, this is where you can go. To. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I love those, those four things. So it's prepare your posture, posture. prepare mm-hmm. your story. story, prepare your mind, mm-hmm. and prepare your will. Yeah. That's so helpful. Yeah. And there's, you know, fight the new drug out. Fightthenewdrug.org, access.org. Um, those, access. are all, all those are all great places where you can go to get great, great information. And just 
and not just information, but how do I talk to my kids about this stuff? Yeah. Because that's what you, that's what I need as a parent. Mm-hmm. I need like cliff notes. I yeah. need somebody to get, and you're so good at that, Chris, of just here's some practical tips and ways that you can talk to your kids about things that are important that matter the most. Yeah. You know? And you said those, the four main points you talked about there are on Right Now Media. If you want yeah, to learn more, yeah. like if you want to go in depth. Go more, and then I use clips from the, the documentary that we produced. And so just as a parent, you'll, you can go to Right Now Media, and they're short. They're like 10 minutes long. Good. But it'll just give you a pep talk. Yeah. You can do this. Like yeah. you as a parent, you can do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, man, thanks. Yeah. Are you going to ask me the I, question? I had mentioned this. Yeah. If I like to ask dad sometimes, like, so what are, what's just a thing your family does that's mm-hmm. unique or different or fun that just to always give us new ideas. It freaked me out when you asked me, like, right at the beginning, like, I'm going to ask you this. I'm like, oh, no, what do we do? I know <laughs> we do something. Is it something? Do we do anything? Okay. We, we're not that unique, you know? Um, I, we just went, we just got back from Montana. So my wife is from Montana. Okay. And so we have the, um, the, the excuse to have to go every year. Yeah. Which is not bad. That's it's a right nice. in, in the Northwest. But one of the things that's like with vacations, you always kind of forget. It's like you, you ended up naming the place, but you can't always remember what you did. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we started doing, um, and this is with most vacations, is we, at the end of the vacation, we get a postcard and we, in real small print, write down as many phrases or things that happened. Oh, fun. So just things that like quotes or, you know, stuff that happened or things we did or a funny statement or a funny encounter. And... And they all have like meaning, and then we mail it to us, and then we oh. keep we keep them. So it's like when we go back through vacations, we can go, oh yeah, about that, you know. That's we, so you smart. You don't just see pictures. It's like, oh no, that we we did that, or we jumped off that bridge into the icy cold waters of Montana, or yeah, you know, whatever. So that's something we do. I love it. That's yeah. a great idea. Good stuff. That's well, a great question, by the way. I love that question. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna ask Dad that question. Good. Yeah. Just want to be practical. There's probably most of what I do in so many things I got as ideas from other dads saying mm. that they did it. It was just always yeah. I'm gonna keep learning. Well, again, dads, we hope that you've been encouraged and equipped, and we're praying for you, and uh, pray that you keep fighting the fight, um, just to love God, live His Word, and lead your family. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.